0: Hi, welcome to Harrison's Pod Class, where we discuss important concepts in internal medicine. I'm Kathy Handy. And
1: I'm Charlie Weiner, and we're coming to you from the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Episode 90. Today, we're talking about asthma.
1: Okay, Kathy, I'm going to shake things up a little bit and give you a slightly different format today. All right, what's up? So we're going to discuss asthma today, as you mentioned. So I'm going to present to you a few scenarios, and you have to tell us which patient has asthma. What do you think of that idea?
0: Okay. Uh, We know that taking a good history is key to diagnosing asthma and distinguishing it from other respiratory disorders. I also like that there's no single lab test that can diagnose asthma, which will make it a little bit trickier. Asthma is a chronic inflammatory disorder or syndrome, and it's characterized by reactive or hyperreactive airways and often mucus hypersecretion that leads typically to reversible reduced airflow and symptomatic wheezing and dyspnea. Let's go to the cases.
1: Okay. And just to add one thing that I always remember about asthma is that the typical asthma patient will tell you that they have good days and bad days. That's always key to remember. Okay. So here we go. I'm going to present a few patients to you. Okay. The first one is a 24-year-old woman who's treated with inhaled corticosteroids for cough and wheezing that has persisted for six weeks following a viral upper respiratory infection.
0: All right, this is not asthma. I think this patient has post-viral cough syndrome after an acute viral infection. These patients probably do have reactive airways as a result of the viral infection, but it typically resolves, although it may take many weeks. Symptomatic bronchodilators may or may not help. Let's go to the next person.
1: Okay, the next person is a 26-year-old man who coughs and occasionally wheezes following exercise in cold weather.
0: All right, this one is interesting. So again, he likely has reactive airways, but at this point, we'll say he has exercise induced bronchoconstriction, which in the absence of other symptoms to suggest asthma should not be diagnosed as asthma. Isolated exercise induced bronchoconstriction lacks the characteristic airway inflammation of asthma, and it does not progress to asthma. It's caused by hyperventilation with inhalation of cool, dry air that leads to the bronchospasm.
1: But this is a common complaint in asthmatics though, right?
0: Yeah, it's estimated that 80 to 90% of individuals with asthma experience exercise-induced bronchoconstriction, but many individuals who have this do not also have asthma. Again, it's easily treated with a bronchodilator before exercise.
1: Okay, the next patient is a 34-year-old woman who's evaluated for chronic cough. The cough is variable between and during days. It's provoked by noxious agents in CATS. Further history reveals that she does have days when she wakes up feeling short of breath and wheezy. Some days these symptoms are not present.
0: So this does sound very much like asthma. Like you mentioned before, she has good days and bad days, which is typical. And there's a variant of asthma where cough is a predominant symptom. This cough is associated with their bronchospasm. So I think that she is the one.
1: Okay. Well, I'll add a little bit more here. She did get PFTs on one of her bad days that showed an FEV1 over FVC ratio of 64% with an FEV1 that increased from 1.9 liters to 2.4 liters after albuterol. All
0: right. Well, while I said that there's no diagnostic lab test for asthma, her story plus an almost 30% change in FEV1 is characteristic.
1: What is the threshold for a positive response after bronchodilators?
0: It varies by the PFT lab, but in general, for an individual to be considered responsive to a bronchodilator, the individual should experience an increase in either FEV1 or FEC of at least 200 milliliters and about 12 to
1: 15%. Okay, so we think this patient had asthma. Let's finish the last two patients because I think there's some teaching points. Okay. Okay. The next patient, patient four, is a 44-year-old man who works as a technician caring for the mice in a medical research laboratory, and he complains of wheezing, shortness of breath, and cough that are most severe at the end of the week.
0: All right, so this history is important again. So he likely has occupational asthma that's occurred after working with animals in the medical laboratory for many years. Symptoms that are characteristic of occupational asthma are symptoms only while at work that improve on the weekends and during holidays. And it's important because the treatment of choice is changing the environment, not any medications.
1: Okay. And then our last patient is a 60-year-old man who smoked two packs of cigarettes per day for 40 years, who has dyspnea and cough, and who has airway hyperactivity in response to inhaled methacholine.
0: Oh, good. Okay. So this patient likely has COPD, but not true asthma. Methacholine challenge tests are not terribly useful except to rule out asthma. So essentially all asthmatics should have a significant drop in FEV1 or FEC with small doses of methacholine, but the test has a very low sensitivity. 25 to 50% of patients with COPD can demonstrate a bronchial hyperresponsiveness in response to inhalation of methacholine. In fact, uh, many people with simple asthma will also have a similar response.
1: Great. Okay, so the teaching points in this case are that asthma is an inflammatory disorder characterized by episodic bronchospasm, bronchial hyperreactivity, airflow obstruction, and some degree of reversibility. Taking a good history is the key to diagnosis. New diagnostic approaches and new therapies are coming out every year, so it's important to keep abreast of all the developments in this field.
0: And you can read more about this in the Harrison's chapter on asthma.
1: This is Jim Shanahan, publisher at McGraw-Hill. Harrison's Pod Class is brought to you by McGraw-Hill's Access Medicine, the online medical resource that delivers the latest trusted content from the best minds in medicine. Go to accessmedicine.com to learn more.